All right, uh, welcome back to the Unexpected Value Podcast. I'm your host, Elijah Spann, and uh, I just realized that I need to get intro music. I think the just voice-only opener is kind of boring. Maybe just like 15 seconds on. I need to go on Fiverr, buy some. But anyway, uh, before we get started, I just want to um, plug in gtdsports.com. Go ahead, check out our website, subscribe to our newsletter, subscribe to our YouTube, our Twitch, we have TikToks and all the social medias and Instagrams and the Twitters. We got all the it's it's where your one stop shop for everything all sports. So please go ahead check it out gtdsports.com. You can check us out all of our social medias except for TikTok. Our gtd underscore sports and then TikTok is gtdsports.com. So now that we're here. Um, hope everyone had a good weekend. Again, bets, parlays, all that. Hope they hit. Hope your fantasy team won. Both my fantasy teams won. That was nice. I had one, had like a last second comeback uh, thanks to Austin Eckler. So shout out Austin Eckler for scoring two touchdowns and getting 27 points to narrowly beat my friend Will in fantasy. So that was, that was cool. He sent me the uh, bad day to be you text. Sunday, and I, you know, he also started Kenyon Drake, who got .2 fantasy points. Um, so he, like, he thought that the dub was in the bag, and I thought, well, maybe Kenyon Drake lays an egg, and then Eckler goes off. That could happen, and that's what happened. So that was cool. That was nice. It was a very um, satisfying, congratulatory text that I sent on behalf of myself to Will. So that was nice. It was very nice. So I want to talk about Justin Herbert and how good he is. But, uh, man, the media just sucks his dick. It, it's bad. It's bad the way that they talk about him. I mean, I was just watching something on YouTube talking about Herbert. And the, one of the guys is like, yeah, like before, because when ESPN was having that rain delay or lightning delay, or whatever, and they were doing the broadcast, they were just like, I mean, it's it's almost like they're crafting this bus to can, uh, Canton. That's what that guy said, and I couldn't agree more. It's like, dude, like, this is only year two, and he's four starts into year two. I think we're about 15, so nine. He hasn't even had 20 starts yet. And we're still freaking out about him. But, I mean, like, I agree with it for the most part because I think he's really good and he's going to be really good. But, my, oh, my, do they just need to slow down. And one thing that I really don't like about the Herbert takes that are going around is that uh, they're just talking about how stupid the Tua pick was. But, if you guys remember, it was the media who was all saying Tua over Herbert in the first place. So they're just basically just talking about how stupid they are for saying that. And I was probably in the, I mean, like, I don't know. I didn't have strong feelings about to a Herbert comparison. I was just kind of like, you know, Burrow's probably going to go number one because he had that great season. And then, yeah, the Dolphins are probably going to pick Tua because that's been the narrative for about a year and a half now. And then. Chargers, or I guess, are going to pick a quarterback, and they said Chargers were fine with either either other guy. They were like, uh, you know, uh, if 
Dolphins pick Herbert, we're fine with two of the Dolphins pick two of them. We're fine with Herbert. And I was like, and, and that's not new information that came out. That's, that's been public knowledge that they were fine with either quarterback. I bet you they're pretty damn happy though, that it did turn out that way, but people are still shutting the door on Tua. And I don't like that. Like the guy didn't start till, I don't know, later, like week six, I think. Um, and he was okay. He definitely had rookie moments and then he got nicked up a little bit. And then this year he broke his ribs, which man, he's just fragile, which was a knock on him. And that was one of the things I was kind of concerned about, about Tua coming out, but it's not like I was, I'm not going to sit here and say I was clamoring for people to draft Herbert because I just thought, you know, Hey, I didn't really have an opinion of him one way or another. I was kind of excited to see hopefully just a, a guy that would be good. I mean, I didn't watch him a whole lot in college. I did actually go to a game, that Auburn-Oregon game, and I remember, like, this guy's pretty good, but Auburn was just better than Oregon as a team, and that's why Auburn won that game at AT&T Stadium. Um, but, I mean, I remember I was like, looking, I was like, yeah, that he's probably an NFL quarterback, but, I mean, I didn't – I'm not going to sit here and say I thought he was going to be as good as he was now because I had no idea. But, uh. I just think that we need to slow down, but I think I think part of the reason why the media is so headstrong about Herbert right now is because of where he's playing at in L.A. Um, this is the first year that SoFi Stadium and the Chargers are playing in that stadium, and uh, I mean you saw it last night. Raiders fans took up seventy five percent of that, um, and then if the media can just hammer away about how and just really talk about how good Herbert is and how he's like, I don't know, the second coming of Christ, like they're talking about. Maybe just the second coming of Christ since Patrick Mahomes. Um, that, that long three-year drought of second comings. Um, they can get more LA fans interested, which makes sense from a business standpoint. Like all this Herbert content and talking about Herbert will probably drive up more fans in LA because they've struggled, especially the chargers Rams have been a little bit better at it just because they were for one, they've been there a little bit longer and I'm not even sure if most of LA even knows that the chargers moved from San Diego still. I, I just don't think so. But and if, when I thought about it like that, it made a lot more sense that the reason why they talk about them the way as much as they do and the way that they do, Makes a little bit more sense because it's again, it's like guys like calm down a little bit. I get that he's really good, but also too when I watch him play, like I kind of can't help but feel that way also because he's he's good, he's fun, and he's fun to watch, and he's got a hell of an arm. And the fact that he does a lot what he does in the short amount of time that he's been doing it has also been impressive. And when you look at the rookie quarterbacks and how they've been struggling this year, maybe that makes it a little bit more impressive. I did see that tweet, though, that tweet that first pointed that out. And I thought that, wow, that's just a really uh, one more Justin Herbert good take that people are just loving to hop on right now. It's almost like a fad just talking about how good Herbert is. But uh, I guess I'm buying into it, too, because, I mean, like, who the hell would say that he is bad? Nobody. He's he's damn good. So, but yeah, he was awesome in that 
game last night. I guess you could have called that. Uh, that was probably the easiest money was Chargers minus three last night. Um, Raiders tried to make a little bit of a comeback, but, you know. I didn't know that that stat, though, that they talked about that the Raiders trailed in all three of their games previously, which is kind of crazy. And it kind of goes to show you that that 3-0 was definitely a little fluky. And I don't think that the Raiders are going to be as good as some people might have thought they could be. So much like last year when they started 2-0, they started 3-0 this year. Uh, It's just a little bit fluky. Okay, so let's talk about the Cowboys. Again, my favorite segment of the show. This show's kind of turning into, um, I thought it was going to be a lot more variety, but so far it's just pretty much just me talking about the Cowboys for about 10 to 15 minutes and then whatever else I saw in the weekend, which is fine because the Cowboys are good right now. So I I like talking about the Cowboys. Hopefully people like listening about the Cowboys. Um, I would think so since, you know, we are America's team. But anyway... Uh, yeah, we looked good again. People might say that, oh, it was a one-score game or whatever. They'll try to flip the script, but like, come on. Give me a break here. That was just... It was, it was a lot of garbage time, and they just kind of kept it close. But as soon as, the, as soon as the game came within one score, I mean, the, they turned on the running offense, and I wasn't worried at all, really. Um, so we beat the... Panthers pretty well. I also don't think the Panthers were are really all like that great. I think they could maybe will be in the hunt for a playoff spot, but I think that's as good as they're going to be, which is fine for them because, you know, they're pretty terrible or recently. I think I mean I I think they're a decent team, but they're nowhere near like the 3-0 maybe sneaky playoff team that some people maybe thought because they beat look who they beat. They beat the the Texans led by davis mills who's awful um they beat the saints who people are a lot more lower on now especially since they lost the giants and then they beat the jets who we all know are bad (laughs) and that was the sam darnold revenge game so that was never going to go any way but sam darnold's way i feel like i also feel like sam darnold um is definitely a better panther than a jet and he can go on to have a year, a, a career as a starter. I don't know if I'd go as far to say he's a franchise guy, but um, you know he's shown some stuff, especially with his legs. Uh, he's shown a lot, so I mean, hey, like why not? I, I definitely think that the Panthers are going to re-sign him to maybe, hopefully, a value deal. Like I wouldn't want to give him a hundred fifty million dollar contract or something. You know, I wouldn't want to lock him up, but I'd say. Panthers should sign him for maybe like three years, $75 million, somewhere in that range. Like that would be a perfect marriage because like it'd be easy for them to get out of it if he does end up sucking. But if he turns out to be really good, then they don't have, you know, 99% of their cap space tied to the quarterback like some of our other favorite quarterbacks do like Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott. So yeah, hopefully that'll that'll work out. But yeah, no, it's great. The Cowboys are awesome. We're good. We're definitely um, we're gonna win the NFC East. Hopefully, we'll keep on trucking. Um, I feel like <laughs> it's weird with the with the early part of the season and when you're 
hoping to be good every single week. It's like a prove it game. Like so week one, nobody expected us to win. And then we showed up and almost won if it weren't for Tom Brady uh, drive for a field goal, which, you know, <laughs> we were doomed from the beginning with that 55 seconds left or over how long, minute and six. Um, and then week two, we beat the Chargers, which is looking really better and better for us now, especially. And then we beat, you know, um, the Eagles, who are bad. They suck. The Eagles suck. But we blew them out, so that's good. And then we handedly beat the Panthers. So that's cool. But, like, the Panthers felt like a prove-it game. The Eagles felt like a prove-it game. And now coming up against the Giants feels like a prove-it game, even though, like, Honestly, if we drop this game, it could be tossed up to like, hey, it's a divisional matchup. We know these teams. Sometimes this stuff happens, but I don't expect us to lose. Um, I would be pretty upset if we did. But uh, no, I think I think the NFC East is ours. And that's pretty much all. I mean, like offense is cooking. I think I don't really have any more much more insights than I provided last week. And other than that, like I think we're up there, those top four teams again. You know, I think. This is, you know, especially in the NFC, in the NFC, we're top four. Like we're with the division winners. I mean, it'd probably be I'm in no particular order, like Bucks, Packers, um, Rams, Cardinals, and then us. You know, and we could be anywhere the three, four, five, depending on how do you want to take that uh, Cardinals Rams game, which was really surprising. That Cardinals Rams game, that the Cardinals just blew out the Rams. I think that the Rams might have just been falling asleep. Some people just said, hey, they won that big game against the Bucks," And then, you know, they just fell asleep. They didn't, you know, which happens, you know, all the times. Professional sports, college. I also think that the Cardinals are pretty good. I mean, it's pretty evident that they're, they're really good. But I think people need to kind of slow down because people are really loving the Cardinals pick. And some people are questioning, like, if they're the best team in the league. I'm still going to go with no um, because you do have to remember that they definitely probably should have lost to the Vikings if it weren't for a blown chip shot field goal. It's not like how the Patriots lost on a 56-yard in the rain. No, the Vikings kicker blew a 33-yard field goal or 37 in fine conditions. So I'm pretty sure it was indoors. Yeah, it was indoors, and he missed a 37-yard field goal. Yeah, that's dumb. Um, that shouldn't have happened. So they should be three and one. That four and zero has a little bit of an asterisk to it. But Kyler Murray's kick ass. Um, their defense is better, improved. JJ Watt is playing well. But yeah, so and I think for the Rams it was just a bad game. Bad games sometimes happen, and it'd probably be good for them that they had this game in the long run anyway. Like I don't. The Rams have so much talent, and. They're, I still think that Sean McVay is one of the best head coaches in the league, that they'll figure it out and that they just kind of stumbled and that they'll use this as an example of, hey, we can't get sloppy, we can't get too cocky because this is the NFL. If we do that, then we're going to get taken away. But Because I still think that they're uh, one of the best. And they'll probably prove that next week against the, who do they play? Oh, shit, they play the Seahawks. On Thursday Night Football. So that could also be... <laughs> that could also be a little sneaky and they could let that one slip away because another divisional game, Seahawks are the Seahawks. 
And uh, Thursday Night Football can, as we know, be a little bit fluky. So we'll see. That'll be interesting. And then again, this might that whichever way that goes, it'd be hard to um, really determine what it all means because divisional Thursday Night Football matchup, really anything's on the table and off the table. So, but no, the Rams are still good. Another team I want to talk about is the Bills. So the Bills have won handedly three games back-to-back-to-back. Yeah, it was against lesser competition, but that's because they're so good. And it's three blowouts in a row. And I don't care who you are. It's hard to do three blowouts in a row row if you're in the NFL. Like at some point, some team is going to make them competitive. Like they, they shut out the Dolphins. And the Dolphins, I mean... They're not good, and they haven't taken that next step like I thought they might have. But, I mean, they're not bottom tier by any means. Um, the football team are approaching bottom tier. And as we know, the Texans are bottom tier. <laughs> I think it's safe to say. Um, but, no, like if it, I don't care who you are. If you blow out opponents, then you're good in the football, and you're good in the NFL. Um, this will definitely be... Uh, a really interesting Sunday night game against the Chiefs. Eyes are definitely going to be on it. I'm so glad that we're going to get to see this matchup as a primetime game. So many storylines are going to be out there as the AFC Championship rematch, possibly preview if the Chiefs can get their shit together, which they did against the Eagles. But I could get my shit together against the Eagles. So who really knows? This is a big game for both teams because it's like the Bills – kind of dropped that opening week against the Steelers who've proven to be um, offensively challenged. And then you have the Chiefs who, of course, dropped two in a row. But it's not like they lost to bad teams. But they dropped two in a row. Patrick Mahomes before this year never lost in September. Then he lost twice in a row. What the hell? But, uh, no, great game. Eyes are going to be on it. Chiefs are at home, minus two and a half. That might be tough to bet against. I probably wouldn't stay. I'd probably stay away from that game, honestly, and then just enjoy it as a as a viewer. Because that's definitely gonna that's gonna provide it's it shaping to be a damn good game. I mean, the Chiefs really disappoint um, in prime time, but yeah. So this will be kind of the thing. Like I think the Bills have a really good argument of being the best team in NFL right now, um, and this this game will definitely let us know. If they are or they aren't. And it would be the time to put put the panic button on the Chiefs. I don't know. We'll see. That's but <laughs> we'll see. It's famous famous words for people doing podcasts and stuff, because you can we can talk all we want, but then at the end of the day, pretty much all we can say is, Hey, we'll see. I don't know. And uh see what happens. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna talk about the Jets for a little bit and then I'm gonna talk about the reunion of Brady Belichick. Then after that, I'm going to talk about Urban Meyer for a little bit. But start with the Jets. Uh, Zach Wilson, I believe, I might get burned on this, but I, I think Zach Wilson's going to be good in the NFL. I don't know why. or I mean, like, why I have that feeling, but I just I really like his mobility, the way he moves with his legs. And I like his arm strength. Um, he showed some big boy plays. That 50-yard bomb to Corey Davis was nuts. Um, The Jets still have some work to do as an organization, obviously. 
that third and goal call. I think it was OD. It was to ice the game. And they ran a bootleg, which might have been a bootleg run because Zach Wilson didn't dump it off. He just stepped out of bounds. Maybe some ineligible lineman downfield. Not really sure what went on, but that was just an awful play call. I don't know why they just didn't try to run up the middle. And uh, but yeah, it was it was bad. Poor execution too on 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 the Jets' parts. But uh, no, I just I just for some reason I think that Zach Wilson's going to be good. I don't know. I just have this feeling. I have this er- I have, like sometimes you just don't know why you feel a certain way, and that's it's, it's definitely one of them because you know there's definitely a lot of signs in terms of interceptions of why he would be pretty bad. But I think he's going to end up figuring it out sometime next year, and he could be a force in the league. And then the Titans, um, I'm never going to respect Mike Vrabel ever again uh, in terms of being a head coach in the NFL. The fact that he tried to tie it was just the most coward move I've ever seen. It was almost kind of like uh, when when Doug Peterson did it last year when he went for the punt so he could maybe so they could kind of go for the tie against the Bengals. And it's like, dude, come on. Really? Like, I've known since seventh grade. My seventh grade football coach told me a tie was a waste of time and shoot us out for tying the football game. So, like, even at the earliest, earliest levels, people, like, kids know, players know that tying is bullshit and it's a waste of time. Everyone hates it. I'm glad Randy Bullock missed that field goal kick because, like, no, that's gross. Like, go for the win. Or don't like put it all on the table. Like don't try and tie the football game. I don't know what I don't know what that was. Very, very disappointed. Like I've never seen uh, a play call just be that outright cowardly. And it's like, and Mike Rabel is supposed to be the cool guy. You know what I mean? Like he's supposed to. He's got the mustache. You know, said he'd chop his balls off for a Super Bowl. <laughs> and you can't be the guy that said he'd chop off his own testes to win a ring and then try and tie the Jets. You just that you can't do those two things. So no, I'm I'm done with you, Mike Rabel. I'm done with you. I you've lost my respect, which is probably the worst thing to ever happen in his career to lose a podcaster's respect. Okay. And then then we have the Awesome reunion that was Brady Belichick. I don't have a whole lot to say on this. I just want to say, like, yo, I got a little emotional. <laughs> I don't, like, I've always, like, I've never been a Pats hater, and I've always kind of enjoyed Brady. Hell, I've even rooted for him, and I would say, yeah, all of the Super Bowls that they played in, I've, I've been on the Pats side. I don't know. I think mostly just because, like, I like seeing greatness. I don't know. I'm just not a Pats hater. Uh, and I've always liked Boston too. Like Boston sports teams are usually like my second favorite. Um, sometimes that varies year to year, but usually it's like if Boston teams are good, I keep an eye on it. I don't know. I just I, I like Boston. Sue me. I'm a big Ben Affleck guy. Good Will Hunting is kick ass movie. So yeah, I, I like Boston sports teams. Also, Family Guy. You know, New England. It's sick. Uh, but yeah, no, that was, that was kind of, I got kind of emotional. Like it was crazy to see like my whole life, you know, I'm 23, my whole life, it's always been Brady Belichick 
you know, Sunday Night Football, Brady Belichick. Um, playoff games, Brady Belichick, Super Bowls, Brady Belichick, and then it was Brady versus Belichick all of a sudden. It's like, wow, like for 20 years, literally my entire whole life, it's been these guys as a dynamic duo, and then they were playing against each other head-to-head. And it really set into me is that like, wow, the guy who's been pretty much the face of the NFL or one of the faces of the NFL for 20 years now is playing against the team that he did it with. And it was just kind of, I don't know. It was crazy to to think about it in that way. Um, And then the game was good. Tom Brady actually looked nervous. I think nerves actually got to him being a, a visitor and being booed by people in those colors. Um, I think that, that kind of rattled them in the first quarter, but then obviously he got over it and they got the win. Um, in terms of like the, the decision to kick it, I mean, hey, I, I don't think that they lost because of a missed field goal because Tom Brady still had 50-something seconds left and two timeouts. He did it against the Cowboys. He could probably have done it against the Patriots. Or maybe not. I don't know. But then again, it's like 56-yard field goal. That's not really a gimme. So, like, the, the Bucks won. I don't think it was a, a fluke win. Like, they won the game. Um, and then Brady Belichick's secret meeting that took like 20 minutes after. Like, an entire 20 minutes they had a conversation for uh, without cameras or anything. I thought that was cool. Um I don't know, but then again, it's just going back to the whole Brady not being in New England. It kind of just made me realize how weird it is that he's playing for a different team. Like, it was kind of weird at the beginning of last season, and then he won the Super Bowl, and then we're like, okay, cool. And then we've just kind of gotten used to it, but I I don't think it's like the shock of him still still not being a Patriot kind of resurfaced itself, because I don't think think the world has processed that yet. Maybe maybe this is the maybe we're in the denial stage. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it just it was weird. It was weird, and I, it, it felt a lot more weird for me than I thought it was going to be. Especially considering that I'm a Cowboys fan, so I don't really have any stake in the Patriots whatsoever. But I don't know. Let me know if you guys felt that kind of weird way too. Let me know on Twitter. Tweet at me, please at ElijahSpan19. Um. Oh, and then before I get into the the Urban Meyer deal, I did want to talk about one more thing, which is the Ravens not kneeling down and running the ball so they can extend that 100-yard rushing game streak, which is now 43, which tied some 70s teams in the Steelers. Or Steelers, whatever. I can't talk. But okay, so last, like, 15 seconds of the game instead of taking a knee down Lamar runs it they get like five yards to hit the 100 yard rushing mark extend the streak um kind of a weird move by Harbaugh I guess I don't know he wanted to keep that streak alive he said that's something that you know the team takes pride in he wanted to keep it going sure Vic Vangio football guy didn't like that said hey that's I don't know very uh, baseball move by being like unwritten rules. You take the kneel down. So he was decidedly pissy about that. And then Harbaugh just responded today saying that, oh, well, I didn't know that there was a 16-point play, um, referring to the fact that 
he tried to go ahead and throw a touchdown with like a minute left with Drew Locke. Just kind of making fun of the whole. So now we have like a little bit of a, a back and forth. Um, I think the whole situation is just kind of funny because um, a lot of these head coaches in professional sports are just have extremely fragile egos. Like I think I think that's that's what that is. Is <laughs> uh, just fragile egos on both guys' part on Harbaugh's because he wants to keep this basically meaningless streak alive. Like he already won the game. Everyone knows that they're a rushing football team, but I guess he just wanted it for for his own sake. And the fact that he could say that he did that, um, which is kind of a stupid stat, too. It's like, oh, we did it for this many games in a row. It's just kind of like, okay, cool. How many playoff games did you win in that time frame? Oh, one. Neat. They might have won two. No Super Bowls in that time frame. He has won a Super Bowl, but it's just kind of like, okay, dude, cool. And then Vangio for actually getting upset that Harbaugh wants that record against him. It's like, why don't you take a kneel down and take your victory like a man? I don't know. You just beat me, and now you're gonna be a you're being a real sissy about kicking me kicking my ass. I don't know. Shut up. Both these guys are dumb. I feel like <laughs> in this in this certain situation, it's all just kind of like, why are we making such a big fuss of it? Um, who cares? Just let them have the streak, Vangio. Fuck. Oh well, maybe he's just mad that he got 100 yards rushing on his defense, and that the Broncos aren't going to be very good this year. They're they're going to be mediocre. They honestly though, they could probably have a chance for the playoffs. The Broncos could because if you take a look at their schedule, it's pretty cake. Um, outside of playing in that division, I'm pretty sure I said this before. Uh, they could probably go 500 in that division and still win like nine or ten games, which maybe is enough. I don't know what the threshold is going to be for um, being a playoff team anymore with the 17 games BS, which I still I hate. I hate it. Hopefully, in five years, I'll get used to it, but. By the time we get used to it and we get used to the 17-game threshold, NFL is going to add that 18th game. So it's basically all for nothing. All we can do is just sit here and complain like usual. All right, so everyone saw that video, if you didn't, of Urban Meyer. If you didn't look it up, just look up Urban Meyer video. I'm sure it's going to pop up. Uh, he was clearly shit-faced or, I don't know, he, he was he was hammered. And a younger girl was uh, grinding on him. Um, I also just looked it up just to refresh my memory of kind of what all went down. Apparently, I guess they're scrubbing it right now. It was hard to find it on Twitter. And the best video I could get was like a news clip covering the situation. <laughs> they blurred uh, his lap and the girl's butt, which I mean, you never saw her ass. I mean, she was definitely fully clothed. It was at a bar. Um, I just thought that that was funny. I will say I do feel bad for the for the chick who was booting down on him. Honestly, uh, she I, I can't tell. She was definitely wasn't a freshman, so she definitely was like probably like a junior or senior. She's, so at least like twenty. She was of legal drinking age. I'm pretty sure. 
Um, I thought maybe she could have been like 25, 27 the first time I saw it, but then she looked a little younger the second time I looked at it. I don't know why I'm um, really diving deep into how old this chick could be. I'm just <laughs> I'm just curious, okay? Um, but uh, she just wanted to fuck Urban Meyer, okay? Like, that's a, that's a major clout move. I can't say I blame her um, because it wasn't Columbus, and so that's like getting to bang Jesus. Can't fault anyone for that. Um, but I wonder how much she feel right now because of how public the situation has gotten. Because usually when shit like this happens, it usually just stays an internet thing, right? Usually it's just kind of like, oh, hey, that was kind of weird. And we share it back and forth in our internet corners and our Reddit circles and a couple of Twitter threads. Um, but this has gone completely public. Urban, Urban has acknowledged it and publicly apologized. Um, the owner has condemned his actions. I don't, I don't understand this aspect of the story is how public they're being about it. Cause usually they would sweep that under a rug. And I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing for sports media, because I feel like, I feel like it shouldn't cause he, I mean, he didn't do anything wrong except you know maybe besides like the whole marital stuff and that's another reason why i think it should be kind of like because that's like that's like their marriage type shit and i don't want to you know i don't think that that should be blasted out everywhere and also too it's just kind of like yeah he got too fucked up at a bar kind of like the same thing with uh paul pierce getting fired from espn for putting strippers on his instagram live and Paul Pierce said, yeah, I'm not going to apologize. I'm doing the same shit every other professional athlete's been doing. And you know what? Paul Pierce is divorced. He was like, I'm divorced. I can do this. I didn't do anything wrong. So good for Paul Pierce for not apologizing for having fun. Um, Urban, I don't know. <laughs> God, he looked fucking hammered in that video. He really did. Um, I, I feel bad that this is like a whole situation and... And people are saying that this is just another sign that he's going to go to USC. I'm still against, like, I don't, I'm not totally convinced he's going to go to USC. But I am convinced that people are trying to meme it into existence. Because it is everywhere. Every joke is about how Urban's going to go to USC. And, look, I, I just think that this is mostly just people trying to meme it out. I, I'm still not buying into it. I still think that Urban would look at himself as a failure if he, you know, dipped out on the Jags after just one season, even though, and how bad does he want to go back to college football? I mean, it, and if he leaves too, like this has gotten bad, this has gotten out of hand because I think the worst thing about this for urban is that he's and four and they lost, what was it? 14 to nothing lead to the Bengals in Ohio. That's not, that's not good for, um, the coach and the team i mean it's just so it's kind of coming off in the whole like he's doing college shit the nfl players aren't really vibing with it and now comes this i mean the guy wants to look like he wants to off himself after his defense gives up a first down it's just i don't know man he, which also he needs to fucking get over that shit that was that's it's kind of got to the point where it's like okay i think you're just being a titty baby instead of like on the pendulum of caring and just being a crybaby, 
on the field with Urban Meyer and how he reacts to his team, he's he's far on the crybaby side. But back to uh, lap dancing gate. Um, yeah, man, it's it's just it's just weird. And <laughs> he publicly apologized to the team, I guess, or not publicly, just addressed the team and apologized to the team. And apparently, uh, one player said that as soon as he walked out, we all looked at him like, what the fuck? And then he left, and everyone started dying laughing, and he knew that. So that's kind of embarrassing for him. I think you could say that he's lost the locker room (laughs) with this. Uh, Booker McFarland also said that he's never heard of a coach sending off his team and staying so he could party. Um, which is kind of like a huge ESPN take and Booger just wanting to say something. So I don't know how much I'm going to buy into that take. But uh, this is this is where it gets bad. Is this player saying that, you know, uh, they all laughed at him. Which it is too, because it's like, yo, these guys do this every week. You know what I mean? Like, are we are we for sure that all these millionaire athletes are being faithful to their wives? getting booty i mean they're just not at their own urban's pint house and they're probably doing it in a club where the lights are a lot dimmer so they probably you know i feel like i wouldn't care if i was an athlete I'd be like oh coach come on like or if i heard about it i'd have been like oh that's funny but the video does kind of make it bad i don't know it's just all it's all new territory that this is this public which is basically my main takeaway from this is why is a situation like this becoming this public and they're acknowledging it like this? Cause before this wouldn't have really been acknowledged and what are we accomplishing by acknowledging this is my question. Cause he didn't do anything wrong. If anything, I mean like, I don't think he wasn't being, he was being unfaithful, right? That was his biggest thing. But again, that's really just a personal type beat. I don't think that this should be blasted across national media is Urban Meyer's um, commitment to monogamy. He didn't, you know, he didn't force himself on that girl. If anything, she was towards him. But I'm not going to say that that was a bad thing on her because then again, I'm not going to fault her for trying to hook up with Urban Meyer, a living legend in Columbus, Ohio. She probably, I mean, she was probably chasing clout. (laughs) Um so, like, yeah, it's not like any sexual assault weird shit was going on like that. He was just, he got too fucked up. He got too drunk, which is kind of embarrassing because you're a head coach. But, I mean, hey, like, whatever. So, I don't understand why why this is this is that public and the owner's just, like, I don't know. I just feel like they should never really, uh, Urban messed up by acknowledging it. Because as soon as you acknowledge it, that's when ESPN can pick it up, Right. Before he acknowledges it, it just stays on Barstool and all the college kids can laugh at it. But now that they've acknowledged it and they've publicly apologized, now all the dads at home sitting and watching ESPN, all the mothers and the families can see what Urban Meyer's done. So that was just kind of a a poor decision on them in a series of questionable events that has been Urban Meyer's head coaching career in the NFL. Okay, I'm going to do something a little bit different with the Reddit reading today. I'm going to do two. I'm going to do like a, it's going to be a tweet. I'm going to look at, I'm going to examine this tweet and I'm going to talk about 
the state of Deadspin and what it's become. I used to love Deadspin. Old Deadspin has definitely been a huge influence in my writing that I've done for GTD. Um, but since the original writers left them to become Defector and they actually didn't shut down Deadspin and just brought in a bunch of new people, it's just become trash. And I'm, I'm, I'm tired of it. And it's sad to see. It really is. Um, it's just become a whining factory. They'll just complain about everything. There's nothing to cheer for. And it's all, I don't, I, I hate the word, I hate the term social justice warrior because it's so belittling. Um, and it kind of takes away from some of the good stuff that comes from being, you know, a part of social justice and wanting to be that a thing. But they're annoying and everyone's the bad guy and everyone sucks and nobody's cool and everything is a tool for racism or sexism and it's just annoying because it's 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 not the truth they just look at everything through the lens of race or sexism and that's not the way to go about things Um, even though it is very prevalent in this world and i'm not sensitive to those subjects i i'm aware that those are real problems but these people are delusional um, these is, Deadspin had a take last year where Taysom Hill was named the starting quarterback after Drew Brees got hurt, and they said it was white privilege that Taysom Hill got the job over Jameis Winston, not having to do anything with the fact that you know Taysom Hill can run like a motherfucker, and Jameis Winston ran a five four or some shit, you know. Um, and Sean Payton wanted to see what the gadget quarterback could do. And then also, too, but they want to criticize the Saints when they sign Jameis Winston because he's a woman groper piece of shit who doesn't know how to treat Uber, Uber drivers the right way. It's like, what is it? Is Jameis Winston a sex offender or is he your black savior? You know what I mean? Like, what, like you can't do both. Just a... a it doesn't make it doesn't make much sense. Like if they wanted to commit to one, they would say, "Thank you, Sean Payton, for not starting the sex offender." But instead, they went, "Sean Payton, you're racist because you started the white guy over the black guy." And, and it doesn't make much sense to me. But here, here's the tweet that I want to go over, and I just want to, I want to explain why this is bad thinking. Um. Kellen Moore's whiteness is going to give him a head coaching job before Eric Bieniemy and Byron Leftwich. And basically the article is just him complaining that, you know, um, Kellen Moore is young and he's just a couple of seasons have been successful, but he's going to get a job because of his privilege and he's white over guys like Bieniemy and Leftwich. And while like, I just think that's picking at straws in cases because it's ignoring the fact of Bienemies and Leftwich's personal situations. Um, because for one, all three guys are 100% deserving of a head coaching position. And all three guys ultimately will be. So basically they're crying just because they think it's going to be before the other two guys who are still going to get head coaching jobs at some point. Like it's, I believe that 100%. Um, Kellen Moore, I hope, I mean, honestly, I'd rather have him as head coach than Mike McCarthy if it comes down to losing him. But um, 
Eric Bieniemy doesn't have a head coaching position because he didn't want the head coaching jobs that he interviewed for. He Deshaun Watson begged for Bieniemy to get hired as the Texans coach. He didn't want to go there. He and he didn't want to go to the Jets. And I'm pretty convinced that Bieniemy has the keys to the car, much like Josh McDaniels does in New England, to the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's that's why. He's not going to get hired because Andy Reid's going to stick around for maybe another year, depending on his health. I mean, he's 69. Um, if I was Eric Bieniemy, fuck it. I'd be an OC for another two or three years so Pat Mahomes can be my quarterback when I'm the head coach. Yeah, I'll never have a losing record as a head coach. Why would I go to the Jets? So there's that. And you could maybe factor in if he wanted to, but I don't think so. His um, personal history, I think he's got some DUIs. But I don't think that that's Beanie's problem. I think Beanie just wants to stay in Kansas City because he has the keys to the car. Like, you don't see people, you know, clamoring and saying, why the hell doesn't Josh McDaniels have a head coaching job? Even though he enters use for him just as much as Beanie does. Because everyone knows that McDaniels has the, key, has the keys to the car. Everyone knows that as soon as Belichick leaves, McDaniels is the guy. And I think it's the same exact case in Kansas City. As soon as Andy Reid leaves, Beanie's the guy. Him and Mahomes, I'm pretty sure, as far as I know, have a great relationship. He would take over. KC's offense wouldn't skip a beat. They'd go right back to contending. As long as they can do keep doing their cap magic that they keep doing. So there's why that's stupid on Beanie's part. And two, Byron Leftwich, probably the same situation. I wouldn't say he's got the keys to the car, but he probably wants to just win another championship. And he was also contending late in the year, so he didn't get to interview, really, for head coaching jobs. His team's too successful. Um, he was probably too focused on winning a championship to even go through that process. But that's just, like, completely ignoring the fact of these two guys' situation who will get head coaching jobs in the future just to complain that, oh, this guy's going to... It's like it's a nothing burger, is what it is. And it's just... It's dumb. And I don't know why Deadspin does this because there's there's a lot of bones to pick and a lot of very good arguments of why there aren't enough black head coaches in the NFL which it, the NFL could absolutely 100% do better but to do it like this in the way that Deadspin argued it it's just dumb it's just very one-sided the whole article was just filled with buzzwords to try and get people to generate clicks and and I don't like that I don't like that type of journalism and I, I just feel like it's it's uh, misinformative because it doesn't tell the whole story. Like those two guys, definitely it was like their choice to say. Or it, it definitely in Bienemy's case, I'm not as sure with Leftwich. Um, but yeah, it's like they're already getting mad about that, and I don't think it really accomplishes anything. Like there's a there's a different way to go about what they're trying to accomplish. Um, which is that they think that more black head coaches should be hired, and I agree. Like that's probably you know an issue when it comes when it comes to the amount of black players there are and the amount of black head coaches. There's definitely different numbers, um, but I think with the amount of black coordinators that are in the league, that that's definitely going to change. So it's it's just it just takes time with this kind of stuff. But just getting mad at one guy that's probably going to be a head coach who's been labeled as a head coach since his playing days. I mean, I remember, because I'm a Cowboys fan, so I remember when Kellen Moore was playing, they were just, the only thing they would talk about is how he's going to be a head coach one day. 
So, I mean, this has been in the works for years now that he's going to get this job. So it's just, so they're just trying to pick somebody who's young and then, I don't know, they're just trying to complain. And I disagree with that type of reporting. Um, but that's just, that's my opinion. And if you think that I'm wrong and you think that I need to be, um, feel about it a different way, let me know. Again, at Elijah Span 19. Okay, so I've just spent the past half hour since I talked about the Kellen Moore thing trying to look for a Reddit post to do a Reddit reading for. So we're going to skip it today because the only ones that I could find were like either A, it was way too heavy and over my head to talk about as a 23-year-old, like custody battles and stuff like that. Um, And then the ones that I thought would be funny, I started reading them and they were just straight up gross about... um, marriage is sex life and I was like you know what I don't feel like talking about that on my podcast so I'm just uh we're gonna skip it and hopefully I can find a better one next week maybe I'll find one in advance usually I do it while I'm recording just because there's always good stuff but uh, now I'll make sure to keep an eye out because uh there's definitely some stuff all the ones that I thought would be funny just turned out to be just vulgar um I need I need to find the I, and I went through like five different subreddits, discussion subreddits and threads where I could try to find something funny to talk about. I was like, where's the where's the problem with the bros? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm qualified to handle at this point. Um, not the not the custody battles and marriage strifes like that's a little it's a little over my head. So I'll get you next week. Um, another successful podcast. And uh, if you're listening, please Check out all their other GTD stuff. I'm going to be live with Ryan Tuesday, 8 p.m., Thursday, 5 p.m., every single week. So that's a little bit more straight-up sports talk you can have. Probably a little little better at this point um, in my solo career. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, check out other shit. So thanks, guys. Have a good week.